I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, people. How are you? Happy day to you. Happy Monday to you. I hope and pray that you all are well tonight. I hope that uh, there is some laughter and some joy in your life. Um, The chances are, if you are listening to me, though, you might be um, struggling, suffering in some way, um, wanting some answers maybe to your own situation or someone else's situation. Um, So that's why we're here. That's why we're here. I hope that that's not the case, but I know that that is such a true predicament for so many people. Um, I want to take a minute to make sure that uh, Chris is on the line and that he can hear me. Hello, Chris. How are you doing, handsome? Hello there, sweetie pie. I'm doing just wonderful. Great, great, great. How's my handsome, wonderful, loving husband? Oh, I'm doing doing good. I'm dealing with the day-to-day toils of doing God's work, but I have nothing to complain about. Okay. Count it all okay. joy. I like that. I like that. I was going to ask, um, although I know what's been going on with you, um, what's been going on with you, because it's been a long time since we've been on the air live. Do you realize that we haven't been live since the 7th of this month? So that's basically been, what, 20, what does that mean? Like 21 days, three weeks. Seems like it's been forever. Is there anything you want to update the listeners on about you? Oh, I retired from coaching basketball, and I think I've said that before. And um, just in our studies, uh, in ministry studies, um, school of ministry, so um, we're busy. I've been busy doing the Lord's work. About it. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I cannot even recall if we did tell our listeners about that, but that is something that is um, uh, filling up our our, our schedule, <laughs> doing the homework, doing the assignments, um, reflecting on on what ministry is all about. Um, we're both feeling the impact of that, but it, we, we, we do know that it is um, a tremendous blessing, and it's always good to study. It's always good to be stretched, right, and to uh, continue to grow. Amen. Amen. Well, people, um, we know um, so much happens in a short period of time 
that we can't cover everything that is happening um, concerning our mission, concerning sexual abuse, concerning um, some of the stories that are even happening in the news and, um, you know, on the front lines. So we apologize that we can't cover every story and and address every situation because there's just too much uh, to keep up with. So um, what I decided to do tonight is to revisit my own story. And in doing this, it I believe, will help to remind our listeners um, about our mission. I decided it would be good to revisit our mission. It's been a while since we've done that. Um, I want to explain to you, maybe some of you are new with us and you've never listened in before, but um, we do this show. I do this show so that we can make the public aware of the prevalence of sexual abuse um, and so that we can reach out to those who have been victims of sexual abuse. And we desire to do this in a, in a spiritual way, in a loving way, in a godly way. We do this from a biblical perspective. We talk about the sexual abuse issue from a spiritual and a biblical perspective, and I also include, at times, my own testimony. So um, that's what we're going to do tonight. Um, We want victims to know, someone who has been victimized, that someone cares about your pain that we care about your pain. You may know someone who's been victimized. They may still be struggling with this uh, issue in their life. We want you to know or them to know that God cares. God cares about their pain, that God can heal the hurt. He can mend the hurt. Okay, that is so important to us to um, pass that on. Um, I'm a personal witness to that fact. I know how difficult it was for me as I was um, growing through and overcoming my trauma because I didn't have people that I could go to um, and get the kind of help that I needed Um as a matter of fact, when I did reveal my struggle and my situation to people, some of them were very cruel and some of them only um, added to my sorrows. But you know what? It was worth, it was worth, it was worth me telling. It was worth me continuing to, uh, to tell and continuing to um, be vulnerable, willing to be vulnerable, willing to talk about the issue, um, not trying to deny it, not trying to hide it and act as though um, it didn't happen because others didn't want to deal with it. Um, And I find that currently, even right now, that as soon as I become consumed with other responsibilities, like Chris and I were talking about the the ministry school that we're going to and, 
you know, that is the reason that one reason that we took a break from um, being on the air live is because we had a lot of other things going on. But as soon as I become consumed with those things, something happens to remind me personally of how prevalent this issue is. It's it's not going to go away. It is a part of life for so many people. It is much more common than people realize. Um, it is devastating to the people that it happens to. Some people never overcome their trauma. That makes me sad. There's different reasons for that. Some people, it is because they don't have the help that they need. Some people, it is because they reject the help. They refuse to deal with it. You know, there's different situations that um, make what I said true, that some people never overcome their trauma. Um, Many people still ignore, deny, or blame the victims for what happened to them. Some victims may, um, they may have played a part in their abuse in some way or the other. Other victims may have been totally innocent and shared no responsibility or fault in the situation at all. Either way, either way someone who has been victimized will need to be set free. They will need to be delivered. That's what deliverance means, to be set free from their abuse so that they can move on in life. Okay? I want you to know that um, we offer several resources um, through this program to help victims. Um, If you're not a victim and you know someone who is and you want to be better equipped to help them, better equipped to talk to them, even be able to listen to them, you need to get our resources. You need to get, you need to arm yourself. You need to prepare yourself because this is, I can almost guarantee you that this touches your life in some way, shape, or form. Okay, you'll hear more about our commercials later on in the broadcast, but I'm still going to go ahead and take some time to tell you about our first resource is my first book, The Story of Me. Okay, this is my own personal testimony of the abuse that I suffered as a, as a child, as a young girl, um, or started around the age of 10. I was approached around the age of 10. So between the ages of 10 and 12, I experienced personal sexual abuse at the hands of my own father in my own home. So it doesn't have to be the pervert out on the street. It doesn't have to be the pedophile, you know, in, in some other Arena, it can happen in your home. So um, I was blessed and led to write my own personal story some years ago so that I can share it with people and let them know that God is able to do exactly what I already said. Um, and just so you know, Roy, um, 
I'm sure you're listening. My Skype just totally kicked me out of the computer altogether now, so uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can even see your cues. Um, I can't actually see your cues. Um, so people, um, the okay, more after the break. <laughs> the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. We are home based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The Story of Me. I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, I am back on the air, and just before the break, I was telling you about some of the resources that we offer through our radio show page. You can find this information on the front of our page, um, each of these uh, books. The first one, The Story of Me, is about a woman who lived through the terror of incest. That woman was me. I can assure you and tell you tonight that God is able to heal you because I have walked in your shoes, 
okay? The second book is called Overcoming Sexual Abuse, and it is the sequel to my first book in which I outline what the process of overcoming was like for me. So it is also a very personal story. Um, I, I share, you know, how the Lord took me through the process of being set free, what that looked like, what um, what I suggest and recommend. I have found that since writing this, um, it matches a lot of what other other professionals say about the matter, but the spin that I put on it, again, is the um, biblical perspective because um, I also found um, confirmation of this process in the, in the, through the Word of God, in the Word of God, okay? So that is the two sources that we offer. Um, it troubles me. It troubles me that so many people continue to suffer in silence, and it also troubles me that um, those who have been exposed or who have exposed their trauma, their abuse, are still being re-victimized. They are still suffering because of that. But you know what? If that is you, I say to you, don't give up. Don't give up. In my book, um, Overcoming Sexual Abuse, I, I, there's a section where I talk about the need to confess and tell uh, of your abuse. And you tell and you tell until you get the response that you need, whether it is through professional counseling, and I do recommend that that be a Christian counselor, you know, whether it's a professional counselor or whether it is a pastor who is um, a solid person, a seasoned person. Um, if you find that they don't know how to deal with it or don't, can't help you, continue. continue. You, can, you can reach out to us. You know, that's something that I don't get a lot of is people calling in or emailing me um, about their concerns. Maybe you just need someone to listen to you. Maybe you need someone to, to talk to. Well, our call-in number is 866-404-6519, and our email address is etsministriesinc at gmail.com. You can find, um, I believe, all that information on the show page, okay? So, like I said, um, we're going to do some reading from from my book, The Story of Me. Um, but before I do that, let me do, let me, I will read an article that I pulled um, off the Internet um, not too long ago, and I never got a chance to bring it up on the show. I thought that this was interesting, and it confirms, it confirms um, what we know, that sexual abuse is prevalent. <laughs> Some people may not even think of this as sexual abuse, but um, this article um, is from a blog, grantsforwomen.org. In this blog, it says, the worst job for sexual harassment, uh, can you guess what it is? Can anyone guess what what the worst job for sexual harassment is? 
Some people just, you know, they see harassment on the job as something to joke about or as something to um, minimize and, you know, ah, whatever kind of an attitude. But um, can you guess? Can you guess what they're saying the worst job for a woman to be sexually harassed on is? Well, according to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, sexual harassment, which I also feel is a form of sexual abuse, same thing, to be harassed because of your sex, because of people wanting sexual favors from you, um, sexual harassment is defined as unwelcome sexual advances, request for sexual favors, and other verbal or physical harassment of a sexual nature. Yet hundreds of thousands of women are exposed to this every day. Hundreds of thousands of women are exposed to this every day in the workplace. But one job tops the list as being the worst for sexual harassment. Can anybody guess? You have a guess, Chris? I know you're um, <clears throat> you're listening. Do you have a guess? If you'd like to, uh... I'm listening. I'm waiting to hear it. You don't have a guess of your own, huh? Okay. <laughs> it says, and the loser is da 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 experience the most sexual harassment on the job. Now, the fact that some women are willing to work in places like Hooters <laughs> doesn't help the situation. I had to throw that out there. But this is what the article says. Waitresses and hostesses at restaurants experience the most sexual harassment on the job. In fact, 90% of all waitresses have experienced some type of harassment, according to a recent report by Restaurant Opportunities Centers United in New York. What is even more shocking, besides the 90% factor, is that most of the harassment comes from coworkers and managers in the restaurant. So for some reason, these people feel like because the woman is serving me food, I have the right to demean her. You know, I'm sure it includes things like pinching the woman's butt, groping her, asking her, what time do you get off, honey? You know, I can, you know, uh, take care of your needs tonight after work, whatever, whatever. It's all harassment. Why it is often not reported. Another shocking fact is that many waitresses remain silent about the harassment because they consider it part of the job. Hey, it goes with the job. It goes with the territory. That's how bad it is, and that's how sad it is that they feel like, hey, it goes with the job. I need my job. If I'm going to make money, if I'm going to be able to pay my bills, and this is all that I can do, I can't say anything. This goes with the job. 
Well, I say that that is a reflection of um, a decay in a moral, in, an immoral society. Is it something new? No, it's not new. But I say it's a decay because in our country and in my lifetime, I think things have gotten worse. Not when you look at mankind and the human race overall, but in my lifetime and in our country, I think that things have gotten worse. So that was my little food for thought, (laughs) something to support the fact that sexual abuse is extremely prevalent, ridiculously prevalent, and we are doing what we can to combat that horrible, horrible monster, that issue, okay? So let's see. I'm going to read, um, where am I? I'm going to pick up where I left off. The last time I did a book reading on the air was back in January of 20. Wow, is that true? 2014? Oh, my goodness. If that's the case, that's way too long. (laughs) That's what my research shows. So I'm going to go to page number 28, which is where I left off at. Uh, Let's see. Here we go, people. Get your tea. I got a few minutes before break. Get your tea. Join me. If you can't get it now, get it during the break and prepare, okay? Daddy continued to abuse me every opportunity he got. Besides sneaking out the window, I tried locking myself in the bathroom. Needless to say, that didn't work either. When I tried that method of protection, I took my little sister to the bathroom with me. I was afraid that if I left her in the room alone, Daddy might start abusing her too. Well, it was a weekend. Daddy wasn't home yet. I knew what was coming. So I awakened my sister, gathered some blankets, and hid in the bathroom. As I expected, Daddy soon came home. He started calling for me. His voice got louder as it got closer. I could hear his footsteps on the stairs. My heart pounded. He soon figured out that we were locked in the bathroom. He began to pound on the bathroom door. My sister began to cry. More after the break. Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. (laughs) A black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. 
She has hopes, dreams, needs, a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from authorhouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A black nurse. <laughs> Thank God. Ah. the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. I'm taking you back with the blast from my past as I share some of my own personal story from the story of me as a way to remind and reemphasize our, the, how do I say that, to remind people of the prevalence of sexual abuse and the devastation that it causes. What I'm reading about is um, very uh, painful, um, if you have a small child or a minor, please be mindful of that and consider whether or not they can, um, you know, um, handle this type of material. Okay? So back to where I was. Let's see. My sister began to cry. I was scared. But I told her she didn't know what was going to happen if I opened the door. He kept pounding. She kept crying. I heard him tell my brothers to bring him some tools. He continued to pull on the door and yell. After a while, I gave in to my sister's pleas and opened the door. I was afraid. This is ad-libbing right here. I was afraid that he was going to break the door down anyway, that he was going to use the tools to, because he was working the door. Um, my father was standing there completely naked. He laughed and told the rest of them to go back to bed. He almost threw me down the stairs. The abuse continued. This is what someone is living right now at this very moment as I'm reading my story. This is what horror someone is living and it makes me furious to know that people are living this and they have no one. They have no one to intervene, no one to care. That in some cases, uh, they, they go to the church, they go to people in the so-called churches. Um, there are story after story after story of people who have gone to the Catholic 
church, to the priest, to other denominations. I, I remember a, a case a couple of years back, and I can't remember the name of the denomination, but it wasn't even a Catholic um, church. It was another well-known denomination, and the woman who had worked in the ministry for years told people and tried to get them to do something about her pastor, and she kept getting blown off. She kept getting overlooked until it resulted in a multi-million dollar lawsuit. And I think if my memory serves me right, that she won. Well, I'm here to tell you that a lawsuit doesn't even, it doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't heal the pain. Winning a lawsuit is, is a good thing because there should be some compensation to the victim. But at the end of the day, the lawsuit in itself is not going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in your life. I remember another story of two uh, men who were abused by a priest as boys, and it was made known to their leadership. The leadership um, offered them and their family a settlement to make it go away um, and and requested with that settlement that they don't talk about it anymore. And so for years they did not. Um, they were boys, so they didn't have a whole lot of um, say-so probably, and they probably didn't have the maturity to know that this was going to linger regardless to whether they were paid or not. But after this, one of the brothers became a grown man once he was an adult. This, this uh, abuse had plagued his life to such a point where he felt that it had really impacted, and it does, ruined his life, affected him in ways that he could not overcome. And he tracked down that priest as an adult. He tracked down that priest who was now retired and living in some sort of a retirement community. And he somehow got wind of that and tracked him down and assaulted him. I cannot recall if he uh, if he was if he killed him or if he just attempted to kill him and it didn't work. So I'm telling you that the trauma experienced from this type of abuse is like no other abuse because the Bible says that sexual sin is something that is done against the body. You know, all other forms of sin are done externally, outwardly, uh, outside the body, but sexual sin is done to the body, against the body. It, it, It affects one's very nature and one's soul. Back to my book, I went off on my own tangent, didn't I? (laughs) Okay, well, here we go. During one of the times my mother came back home, she gave me a number to where she was staying. She had been staying in a woman's shelter off and on. After several times of being used by my dad, I finally got up the nerve to call my mom. Until that time, neither my mother nor anyone else knew what was truly going on behind those walls. Between the tears, I told her that Daddy was messing with me. 
She began to cry and told me she would be right home. That night, Mama came home as she said she would. I somehow knew that Daddy wouldn't mess with me that night. And that brings me to another another point and another thought. Um, um, during our break, I I had the opportunity to get involved with a transitional home in in my area, in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, and it is for women who have been um, abused uh, domestically. You know, maybe they uh, somehow got strung out on drugs. Maybe they uh, lost their employment for some reason and, 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 and have found themselves to be homeless. Um, some of them may have children. So I was, I feel, blessed to learn about this program, and I am now involved with this program, and it is called um, Bethany Incorporated. Let me tell you a little bit about Bethany. Um, They were founded in 93. Um, Their mission has been to combat homelessness for families in Washington, D.C., In 2004, they opened their doors to an eight-unit apartment building, um, which provides affordable transitional housing and support services for seven families each year for up to two years. Um, They are in the process of trying to change their status to make that housing um, permanent instead of limited to two years. So... As you can tell from my own personal story, I ended up in, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, aren't I? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mother was in a shelter for women multiple times, and on this night, I called her, and she came home to my rescue. So I won't get ahead of myself, but (laughs) because my mother was in shelters, um, working with the shelter is very important to me. Working with women who are um, experiencing this is very important to me. We are having a fundraiser, an annual fundraiser, to help keep our doors open and to, um, you know, just be there, be there for people that are suffering in this way. Um, When I get a chance, I'm going to try to put that information on our show page. Um, If you're interested, in assisting us, we do have a donate button on our show page, uh, PayPal donate button. Um, please send your donation. Um, specify that it is for Good Hope House or Bethany Incorporated, and I will make sure that it is forwarded to that cause. All righty? Okay, so let me go back to where I was at. Still on page 28, what happened the next day was, in my mind, just as bad or worse than what I had already experienced. Daddy called me into the room. Mama and Daddy had been arguing. Mama told me that Daddy accused me of being with some little boy from the neighborhood. Now, if you're not getting this picture... I called my mother for help. I called her because I needed help. 
because of what my dad was doing to me. My dad, in, in turn, lied and told her that I had been with some little boy from the neighborhood. In other words, it's not me. It's not me that's messing with her. She's been fast. She's been out there messing with some little boy in the neighborhood. He told her he could prove it because he found some he found some bug in my underwear. <laughs> okay. That meant I had been outside in the grass with someone. I was stunned. Mama was asking me to lie down so she and he could examine me. This is what happens to a lot of victims. They cry out for help, and then somehow the situation gets turned around on them. Oh, she's just a liar. Oh, she's just fast. Oh, she wanted it. Oh, she asked for it. Oh, um, I don't believe it. They come up with all kinds of excuses because people don't want to face the facts because they don't want to deal with the situation. This could not be real. Mama was here to help me. Mama, what are you doing? Don't you know he's lying? In the end, it did not even matter that he lied because he then told my mother he wanted her now and he wanted me to watch them together. My mother was horrified. She began to cry and plead as she had done so many times before. More after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day. Not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com. This show's host page, amazon.com and any major bookstore overcoming sexual abuse. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. 
Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Doginet.com. I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right, people, I'm back. And I am reading from the story of me, and I'm sharing some of my own personal story, and I do not want to, um, I don't do this for shock value, I do not do this for, to sensationalize um, this issue, um, to get ratings, anything like that. Um, I know that this is hard to hear. Um, Unfortunately, it is a reality for millions of people. Um, In my book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse, I state on the back, millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rapists, child molesters, pedophiles, the things that comes to people's minds, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Some people actually abuse themselves through what the Bible calls fornication. Um, In other words, having sexual relations with people that they are not married to, that is a form of abuse. Those individuals are abusing themselves, the gift that God gave them, of sex, of um, knowing, that's, a, that's a, a biblical way of describing sex, is knowing your partner. Because that's what having um, intimate relations is supposed to bring about, to help you to know your partner, to help you to bond with your husband, with your wife. I won't say just your partner, but with your husband or with your wife. It's supposed to be a bond that you share only with them, exclusively with them. And that bond will help you to have a a, a long-standing good relationship over time because of that initial bond that um, you formed with that person. Millions of people are choosing 
to abuse themselves and don't even realize that that's what they're doing. Don't even realize the spiritual impact and what it's do how it how that in itself is stripping them, raping them of their very essence, raping them, stripping them of who they are truly created and called to be. So, I'm reading from my story so that I can um paint the true picture of 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 uh, how horrible this is. Um I've heard some some young people say, you know, different radio programs, um even on shows on TV. Just heard the other night in some infomercial about a movie. Oh, it's just it was just sex. The lady, I think, was telling her husband, it was just sex. Get over it. Like he had no reason to be upset. It was just sex. Get over it. No, it's not just sex, people. There's no such thing as just sex. Not within a marriage or outside of a marriage is there such a thing as just sex. So um, hopefully you got your tea or your warm beverage or whatever, you know, you know, maybe your iced tea or whatever while we were on the break. I am sipping my jasmine tea tonight. I pulled that out of the <laughs> out of the back of the cabinet. Had forgotten all about it. It's one of the favorite things for me, one of the favorite pastimes for me. I like to share that with my listeners so that they can kinda get a feel for who I am and something about me. Um something exclusive and special that we can share together. So get your tea and listen as I continue to read my story. Let me see. Let me go back to where I was. Um, My mother was horrified. She began to cry and plead as she had done so many times before. Her tears did not mean anything to my father. After a few minutes of her refusing to cooperate, he locked her in the closet and raped me again. She cried and she pleaded. I called for her to help me. There was no one to help, not even God. That's how I felt at the time, of course, not even God. I know now that that wasn't the case, but in a child's mind, you know, and even in an adult's mind, I'm sure many people would feel that way. Um, As far as I knew, Mama went back to the shelter. She didn't do anything to help me at that time. There was a time that I remember going to the shelter with her, but it wasn't soon enough, and that was why I said I didn't want to get ahead of myself because I did end up going to the shelter with her. Um, My siblings and I ended up going to the shelters um, without her as well. And um, it ended up being a tremendous blessing for me. I know it's not the case for everyone, but it ended up being um, a good experience for me being in that children's shelter um, without my mom, the time that I was there without my mom was um, kind of a bright spot in the middle of all this horror. So let's go to page 31. This chapter is called The Fire. 
The flames caused a glow in the nightlight. I didn't know if it was real. It looked real, but I was suspicious. I crept down the hall, peered over the banister and down the stairs. Ah, I could see smoke. I could smell smoke. My father kept saying, come downstairs. Diane, there's a fire. Come downstairs. Diane, there's a fire. The house is on fire. My brothers and sister had already run downstairs. It was odd, though, because I did not hear any exclamations from them. The flames glowed brighter. The smoke smell grew stronger. I was scared, but I didn't know what I feared the most. Should I stay upstairs by myself, or should I trust my father? I decided to trust him. After all, he would not make up something like that. I ran downstairs, expecting to run outside. There he was. He grabbed me, caught me. He laughed (laughs) at me. He was stark naked. He held in his hand what was left of a waxed centerpiece that he had lit. It was melted down now. I saw his wicked smile. I heard him say, got you, got you. I knew it. It was a trick, a cruel plot and a scheme he connived to get me to come downstairs. This was not the first time, nor would it be the last. He was drunk, sloppy drunk. He could hardly stand up. He commanded my sisters and brothers to go back upstairs. He put the fire out of the centerpiece, took me in the room, and raped me again. Just for clarity's sake, when I say raped, I mean raped, not fondled or inappropriately touched, but raped, period. Or, actually, I ended that with an exclamation. This is what people are living through, people. This is what is happening in someone's home right now, in someone's apartment, in somebody's school. My daughter called me um, the other day because she's very... um, She's always on the alert for these types of stories uh, because she knows that I do this radio program, and she told me a sad story of how a family went to a public place to to eat. A mother and father sent their children to the bathroom. I believe the oldest boy was around nine, and the younger one was, uh, I can't remember the age, um, perhaps around five or so. They sent the oldest boy with the younger boy to the bathroom. The young one came out without his brother. They asked him, where's your brother? He couldn't speak. He couldn't answer. So they ran to the bathroom to see where his brother was. They found his brother crying, pulling up his pants because 
the man who had molested him had just ran out. The, when they came in, the man, the, the perpetrator, was running out the door, and their son was crying. In a public place, in a public bathroom, this is someone's story. It moves me with compassion. It makes me furious. Um, I'm out of time tonight, so I want to end tonight's show in prayer. I want to pray for those of you who are listening, who may have suffered this type of abuse. Father, I ask right now in your precious name that somehow something that I have said will speak to their heart, that they will know how much you love them, how much you do care about these things, how you have a plan, not only for their deliverance, but for salvation, that one day these things will come to an end. In the meantime, you can heal, you can deliver, please set free, mend their broken hearts, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. See you next week, people. We'll be back next week to try to catch up on some of the time that we've lost. Love you.